We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your host, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. Okay, very happy to bring on to the podcast now. Christy Ackert covers the Yankees for the New York Daily News. Christy, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Four, four games into the season. I always find it funny early in the year. They, w- they win opening day, win the next day. This team's going to the World Series. Couple couple of uh, bad losses. Offense, offense doesn't perform and uh, Cashman needs to be fired. So the swings of emotion in early April are always entertaining. I think those swings are... Well, they're very severe early in the season, but they're pretty normal. They happen in August and September, too. Yes. Yeah, I I guess it's just more noticeable early in the season, for me anyway, versus game 97 or or whatever it is. But after the first few games, anything stand out to you? Any surprises? Um, I I guess I was a little surprised by Garrett Cole in the first game. Um, I'm also a little surprised um by the offense they really haven't uh, been the power offense that they were expected to be um which is kind of similar to last year so yep that kind of surprised me after you went and made such a big deal about making changes to your offense um but uh, 
again, it's four games, so who knows? Yeah, the the I think people see all the base runners that were left, especially Sunday night and <clears throat> early in the game on Monday, and people are freaking out because that's why the offense struggled last season. Last season specifically, um, I, I'm gonna withhold judgment on the offense until we have more than four games of data. However, I, I do agree with you. Cole's performance on opening day is worrisome just from the sense that he struggled last year so much against the Red Sox, struggled against the top AL East teams last year, uh, and especially after the sticky stuff ban. Not that he was bad after that. He just wasn't as dominant, and I don't see how this team wins a championship unless Garrett Cole is dominant. And if he's just very, very good, I don't know if that's what they're paying him all the money for. Agreed. And I don't think we really know what he is yet. I think his next start will be incredibly interesting. Um, You know, the Blue Jays is not a lineup you can mess around with. So I guess we'll get to see a a pretty good test of if it was just a bad day or it was something else. Right. And uh, I think, you know, the fact that he had something to say about about the opening first pitch taking too long and that sort of thing. It's like, I don't really need to hear that from the ace on opening day. Like you're starting opening day, expect there to be a delay. There's going to be a little bit something extra just because it's opening day. Uh, Suck it up. (laughs) That's my mentality, but I guess it's easier said than done. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's kind of the responsibility of the ace, isn't it? I mean, to handle those things and go out and shove and... Um, that it got to him is a little <clears throat> a little strange. I mean, you know what? There's a lot of delays before World Series games, too. So yep. deal with it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think the one interesting thing early in the season that has actually gotten a lot of talk on the broadcast is the pitchcom technology that they're using. <laughs> Uh, do, do you think, I mean, I got a few questions about this, but do you think, I know Higgy talked after the games about how he's still getting used to it. Do you think there was any disruption there for Cole and just sort of different going into the first inning and, and a few okay, different I factors? I don't think he had used it in the spring. Um, the Yankees were quick adapters, but they were late adapters. Like Higgy, I talked to Higgy probably two weeks into spring training. He's like, yeah, I don't think I want to use it. They hadn't even showed it to them until the last week of spring training. So I don't think Cole had used it in that kind of situation. Also, I was talking to Matt Blake and the issue that they, that he was having and that they were having the first day um, is sometimes when the crowd got too loud, it wasn't the crowd necessarily is that awful dying whale sound that they have with two strikes. (laughs) <laughs> they could hear over that. So that was part of the problem. Um, I'm a big fan of PitchCon. I thought it was really fascinating. And uh, tonight's starter, Nestor Cortez, is a huge fan of it. So I think he's going to have to adapt to that. I think I think the dying whale sounds a little quieter now, but I'm not, I mean, I'm not really sure. So maybe it could go away. You're not a fan of all the all the sounds coming out of the Yankee soundboard at Yankee Stadium. That one in particular just really is like nails on a chalkboard for some reason. It just sounds awful. I think uh, during the 2020 season when there was no fans in the stands, they they had to add pump in a lot more extra sound and I feel like they haven't fully moved away from a lot of those sounds over the past year. Uh, and it could and be. The, yeah. 
I don't know. I, I sometimes Easy. question the crowd noise coming because you look and there's 40% capacity. It's reported a sellout and it sounds like game seven of the World Series. So sometimes I'm like, huh, okay. There were a lot of empty seats the last few days. I will say that. Yeah. I'm never, I mean, you know, it's, it's April. The weather it's so cold. far hasn't been great. Yeah. I think we're going to get warmer weather later in the week, but this happens every year. Opening day sells mm-hmm. out and then the next couple of days are, are lighter crowds. But <clears throat> why do you think the Yankees all of a sudden decided, yeah, we're using this for opening day after not using it all spring? Um, I think there is so much benefit to it. I mean, they they kind of threw it on Severino in his last um, spring training start. And once they use it, the pitchers seem to be, like, all on board. Like, Nestor Cortez was the first to use it. And, well, he used it to save David Severino. And he told me, like, he's got so many pitches that, you know, you have to go through all these signs, and it takes a long time. He's like, now I can just hear it, catch yeah. the ball, and throw I think they like the pace of it. I mean, obviously they like the intention of it is that your signs can't get stolen. Sure. Unless somebody comes up with a way to hack it, which I'm sure they will try. Um, but they like it because I think it, it speeds things up. Um, I think as they grow more confident in the ability to not be hacked, they will like it a lot more. Um, you know, it, I, I think it's interesting. I think it's a great development. I think it could maybe change the pace of play a little bit. I think that's a ni- that would be a nice benefit of it, not just mm-hmm. the fact that you're reducing sign sign stealing, but quicker pace. I, I think I have noticed that in some pitchers, others. I mean, I, I think the game's still, we're all over, well over three hours so far, but but I have noticed some pitchers at least seemingly working faster from it. And I think that that'd be a fantastic benefit because that's one of the biggest issues facing the sport, I think. Severino had it was weird. He threw back to second base like on three separate occasions when no Glaber wasn't even covering the bag. And I I was just sort of thinking like I know he's had pitch tipping history, especially with the Red Sox back in the playoffs in 2018. Um, And there was a runner on second base. I'm just wondering if he's maybe paranoid about the runner giving away location or if, like you said, he couldn't quite hear the the signal, and so he just wanted to sort of get a reset, step off the mound, throw it a second. Did you read into that at all? I, you know, I actually I'm trying to remember it. <laughs> it was a few games ago, um, but he did say he had some issues with it. So, um, and at one point he lost it, like it wasn't in his hat when he thought it was in his hat. So. There was that oh, issue like the too. actual device, like the device yeah, itself. Yeah, it, it's just a little thing that slides into the hat, and yeah. I guess it's easy to lose. So that'll be the next. That, you know what? I just thought of the next scandal. Somebody will steal someone else's receiver that is dropped on the on the field. There Absolutely. We go. Absolutely. There we go. Did that happen with the Rays? Kiermaier like picked up. Didn't he pick up like a? a oh a yeah, yeah. And, and, and there was a freak out. I forget. What team it was? Was it the Blue Jays? Maybe I, I forget the exact scenario. I think, was it the Astros? I, it might have been. I don't. I don't think yeah, it was the I don't, Astros. I don't rem- but... Yeah, but I remember that. Yeah, that was a big deal. You are right, though. There's going to be some sh- some shenanigans with the the pitchcom technology, um, I, and I I feel like this has been talked about. Why the Yankees are one of the only teams using it, or they some teams aren't able to use it. Is is that true, or could everyone use it today if they wanted to? Oh, everyone could use it. They were sent to every team in spring training. Every team got to try it. Um, I think there's 15 teams using it. 
Um, but every team can use it if they want. Um, the Red Sox, I heard Kike Hernandez on the broadcast saying that they didn't use it because they had a hard time hearing it. Um, but the Blue Jays used it uh, when the Yankees played them in spring training. They seem to really like it. So anybody can use it. Yeah. Well, I also thought it was interesting that the it's not just the pitcher and catcher using it. It's the mm-hmm. position players, too, which can give some different defensive uh jumps to them if they know mm-hmm. a, an outside pitcher and inside pitch is coming Hig- higgy had something to say i think ken rosenthal said this on the fs1 broadcast that higgy forgot to switch up whether, whether it was a lefty or a righty batter so it's like you call an inside fastball to a, what cole was thinking it's to the lefty but he was actually calling it to the righty so the fastball was on the wrong side of the plate I'm, i don't think that was the reason cole gave up anything no. but but it's just it's those sort of learning curves that they're all going to have to go through. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to become a, a lot more natural for them. Um, you know, I, I'm fascinated by how do you do it with all the relievers? Like how is it programmed for mm-hmm. different pitchers, you know? Um, but they're, they're learning as they go and they seem to be like really fast, quick converts to the whole system. So they've seemed to work it out. I think there's like 27 permutations you can do with it. So they're able to set it up and, and Blake was telling me that they're changing like the maps of all the pitchers so that they're all, so that the catcher doesn't have to like change too much from pitcher to pitcher now. And um, they're really kind of working with it. So I think you're going to see a lot of different changes as the season goes on and they're going to get better with it. When you say changing the map, just like having to input different, codes or something i think what it is is i think they're changing the way every pitcher talks about where they want things and stuff like every pitcher has their own language right and now they're trying to make it uniform so that it just goes to the receiver or to the the wristband or i guess they're using it on their knee pads um their shin pads but um i think they're just trying to make everything uniform so they can use it all the same during the game yeah, you are totally right, though. I'm just waiting for the first instance of an opposing team accusing the home team of hacking into the sig- the frequency and they're getting some sort of feedback or something like that. Like, that's going to be the first big scandal to break with this. Yeah, it was interesting because during like the playoffs, you see there's a guy from MLB that goes around and he checks all the radio frequencies because like Sirius XM on the field, MLB right. networks on the field, different TVs, and they all have to have like different frequencies. So I imagine that we're going to see that guy now all the time, you know, checking right. frequencies and checking security of, of the broadcast. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most, when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. There's, um, uh, in football, because obviously that's how they're relaying signals to players on the field, to to the, mm-hmm. the defense and the offense. The the Pittsburgh Steelers have have on a number of occasions accused the Patriots of like hacking into their into their broadcast, and I think there was one time where Tomlin said that he 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 heard the the Patriots radio broadcast in his headset <laughs> instead of instead of the calls or whatever. So I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I'm just waiting for like John and Susan to be piped into like the opposing teams. Yeah, uh, you're gonna get jammed by John Sterling. That'd be funny. <laughs> Uh, we talked briefly on Severino, and I know you wrote something on him the other day. I don't think it's you know too crazy to say he's an X factor in this rotation because if he can turn back into a number one type pitcher behind Cole, that totally changes the dynamic. But he said he feels he's a better pitcher now than he was before all the injury complications. You want to just talk about a little bit what he meant by that? Well, I think one, I think he's in better shape. I mean, I think he he told me, like, I could show up at the gym and, you know, take me five minutes and I'd go out and pitch. Um, but I think he's taken, you know, his lifestyle into account. He's a bigger man. If you just look at him, his shoulders are a lot bigger than they were. Um, but he also has started throwing um, his changeup more. I think he's he's learning. I think a lot of young pitchers come up and they can throw and they can throw hard. Um, he's learning to pitch and he's, he's learned a a lot about pitching in the time that he's kind of been away from it. And I think it makes him probably a better pitcher. And, and now that you're starting to see the stuff come back with it, he could be, I mean, he could be one of the deciding factors for them this year. If he's, if he's who he thinks he can be. Yeah, of course. If he turns back into 2018 Severino, that's of course he could be. I'm wondering what sort of innings cap he might mm. run into. I know they've talked about maybe 120, 130 innings, but I, I'd be really curious if he's pitching well and it's August and he's nearing that innings cap, are they going to just let him go? Because they've tried to, you know, 
play play these things safe in the past and it seems to never work out for them i don't think this is a year to play safe no i mean honestly this is this you know i think this is a year where you're starting to see the window if not starting to close closing um you've got judge do you have him next year we don't know um you've put this money into garrett cole this is a year you're not going to play it that safe. So I could see them pushing back on him a little bit in August and July to have him down the stretch. Um, I could see them piggybacking him. I could see them actually using him out of the bullpen to try and kind of manage the workload, but keep him fresh and then using him in the playoffs. Someone else is going to. Yeah, and someone else is going to have to step up in that rotation. Tyon had a nice start on Monday Great. against the Blue Jays. I, I know Cortez is going tonight. He was great last year, but he's still unproven largely. But they're still going to need someone else, especially if Severino, like you said, is going to be maybe pitching out of the bullpen temporarily. Someone's going to have to step up from those depth options since they didn't add anyone. I mean, of course, they could at the deadline. But as the mm-hmm. roster stands right now, someone's going to have to step up. And I think you will see them use the depth of their pitching more this year than in the past. Um, you know, they've got some kids that they like. I mean, you've seen Marinaccio and Sears come up and, and Sears hasn't pitched yet. I don't think, sorry. Um, I saw them in spring training, but I think you're going to see, you know, a Clark Schmidt have to maybe step into a starting role at times Um I think you're going to see Michael King have to start at times. Yeah. Um, and then maybe some of the guys from the minor leagues are going to have to come up. Maybe Davey Garcia comes up again. He looks better this spring than he did last year. So there's that possibility. Yeah. And, and you mentioned the window closing. I agree. I think it's been on its way down the last couple of years just because you you can the, you see the years of Stanton and Judge and Cole's primes like they're they're starting to dwindle. Uh, it's just every every player, once you reach thirty and going into your mid thirties, it's like you're not going to be in your prime anymore. So last year they had a largely healthy season and 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 weren't very good. So you're right. I don't think they can play it safe. Um, which kind of brings us to the whole judge talk and what I think was a distraction on opening day. The fact that they had to have a press conference announcing they did not get a contract extension done. Um, I don't think they I mean, had to have a press conference. Well, not. I mean, they decided they to hold one. Yeah. And I think it's clear why they decided to hold one. I think they're trying oh, yeah. to control control the narrative from their perspective. As we offered him a fair market contract, he decided no. And then after the game, he has those comments like, "Oh, I'm going to talk to 30 teams. The Yankees will be one of them." Like that's a cold <laughs> statement. Very um, cold. I mean, where do we even begin with this, though? Like, I don't even want to talk about yet what it means for Judge's future, but like, what took so long in spring training to even start these conversations? I just feel like they wasted time. It's a very good question, and they don't have an answer for it. Um, you know, I, it, nothing stopped them from talking to him before the lockout either, and they didn't. Right. They knew this was coming, so... Um, I think you know where they stand from where the arbitration numbers are. You know, they value him at 17 million this year. He values himself a lot higher. I think we could have all just avoided that whole opening day thing when we realized they're that that's pretty far apart for arbitration. So it was kind of like, yeah, they're not going to get a deal done. 
He filed um, at 20, didn't he? I thought it was 21, but I think it's pretty far apart. And For, for an arbitration filed, case, it's far apart, yeah. And, they, I mean, they filed lower than, I think, Juan Soto was offered, right? And he's a lot younger. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't... I think they wanted to give him an, a good offer, and, and I think... I think they kind of knew that this was going to be the outcome. Do you think they gave him a good offer? Oh, I thought it was a very good offer. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know how I long I would go on an offer with him. I would give him more money than years. I mean, yes, of course. I, I, I would too. Although with the way the Yankees have structured some contracts lately, it doesn't seem like they want to do that. Like they offered LeMahieu six years. With lower AAV, when I was like, give them higher AAV for four years. That that gives you more flexibility year to year. I mean, you're the Yankees. You can spend two hundred and seventy million dollars in a given year, and it's not gonna, it's not gonna crush you. I understand there's budgets and everything. I'm not naive to that, but let's be real here. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it, it it it's. I understand they're spending two hundred fifty million dollars. It's the highest payroll ever, but the allocation of that money is questionable. And then when you have longer term contracts like like LeMahieu and Hicks and some other guys that are making decent money over a long period of time, yeah, you see why they don't want to go too far on judge, but like they they dug themselves this hole. This isn't this can't Oh, be, absolutely. They, I mean, they are handcuffed by some of these contracts that they have that they're never going to be able to unload. Um, you know, if if Cole doesn't have a good year they're kind of stuck with that too you know um i mean i feel for judge in a way because i think he would like to be the highest paid yankee um and in some ways he might deserve that for the next few years really i mean he is their most annual value or total value because he's not going to get annual value or whatever so you'd have to beat 36 from cole right and I, i don't have a problem with that i mean in all honesty, he has been a more impactful player. Yeah, I mean, this gets to the argument of like who's what's more impactful, uh, a position player or a pitcher. Um, I mean, I'm the, always going to go with a pitch or a position player. So, sure. But, I mean, that, I wouldn't go that long into his 30s for that. Well, if he's he's comparing himself to what he he's looking at the Mookie Betts deal, the mm-hmm. car, the um. Anthony Rendon deal, the Mike Trout deal, and his agents are saying, well, they, these guys are getting paid into their age 38, 39 seasons at $35, $36 million. I think that's what Judge should get. That's what they're saying. And the Yankees are are pretty far apart on that. I didn't think they were even going to offer him seven years, frankly. I thought they were going to offer him six years. And so once I saw it was a seven-year deal, I was like, okay, this is going to get done because that seems like what he would get on the free agent market. So that's what they're going to give him. I think that gets it done. I don't see why they couldn't up the AAV, but it doesn't even seem like that would get it done. Even if they go to $37 million and he's the highest annual player at seven years, he wants eight or nine years. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get that. So, I mean, you know, we're going to go to the free free agency market, no doubt at this point. Um, And the most interesting thing to me is where else is he going to get that money? That's the question I ask for every big free agent, and then some team pays, and I'm just like, but he, I, he, I, I, I agree. Each other. I, I know, I know, it, I agree, I know, but 
the angels come out of nowhere and they spend or the mariners come out of nowhere and they spend. Yeah. it's like there's always a team that shouldn't be vying for these players that decide this is the year we're doing it and that's the same argument i had with someone last night yes there probably will be a team that will do that i don't think any other team will give them the length that might give them the money um but in all honesty in a perfect world these two people i mean the yankees need judge and judge needs the yankees to be here and judge so it's kind of like just sit down and work it out <laughs> do, do you think there's a oh a world is there a scenario that the Yankees are not in it at the trade deadline and they move him? I mean, they'd have to be really, really far right. out of it because I mean, the expanded playoffs basically make it so everyone's in it. But yeah, yeah. if they're if they're you know two, three, four games below five hundred at the deadline, struggling, I don't think I don't, that'll I, be Cashman's biggest worry. No, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it would be the smart move if they are that far out of it. The problem I see is this team has taken such a defensive tone in the last year about their, you know, the way they make decisions, the money they spend, and all those kinds of things that it's going to be a very hard PR knock for them to take. It already was a little bit of a PR knock on opening day because I think that if they just they could have had that decision that they weren't going to extend him could have happened 12 days earlier. And instead, it had to happen on technically what should have been the day after opening day, which is another thing that like people aren't even talking about. It's like, oh, yeah, they waited until the rain out and then still the morning of to to do all this stuff. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, they kind of won that PR war. I mean, I heard boos for Judge last night. You know, I mean, did they were it, they booing because of the contract or because he left more runners on base? I think it's both. I mean, I yeah. think that they're. I mean, I don't often listen to the sports talk radio, but I've turned it on a few times in the last few days. He's getting crushed. You know, Cashman was on FAN just yesterday. You know, telling their side of the story. I don't think you know. I don't think the Yankees have taken that big of a PR hit on that one. Well, that's another reason why I think if it, assuming he goes to free agency, I don't expect a deal to get done during the season, especially after everything Judge has said. But assuming he goes to free agency, I don't think the Yankees offer is going to change. And if he's a little bitter towards how the Yankees have sort of tried to spin the PR this year and he gets a comparable offer from another team, he might say, screw it, I'm leaving. He might. And, and then at the same time, we don't even know what's going on with his family. He just got married. Maybe his wife yeah. doesn't want to raise a family in New York. So we, we don't know what the factors will be in that situation. No, but it usually just comes down to the biggest contract. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, pride sometimes gets in the way. <laughs> yeah. Especially so, in these situations. I, I think it's been interesting how Boone has been rotating some guys in into the, the lineup. I love that Stanton got in the field in game two. I think that's massive for this team, him playing the outfield. But how do you see all of these players getting adequate playing time, specifically in the infield with LeMahieu and Glaber? Um, you know, I, maybe I'm cynical, but I'm just assuming that there's going to be an injury at some point. And that's the, that's, that's the cop-out answer. That's the cop-out answer. It is answer. a cop-out answer. Um, I mean, I think you've seen the rotation already. He's very big on resting guys and, and making sure 
you know, we're in, I think we're in a 10 game straight stretch. So everybody's going to yeah, get they don't a day, have an off day until next Monday. Monday. Yeah. In Detroit. So, um, you know, I think you're going to see him, him rotate LeMahieu around, um, third. I think you're going to see him get more time at third because they're going to want to make sure Donaldson stays healthy. Um, and eventually it will work itself out. <laughs> I mean, I know that's the cop-out answer, but after covering baseball for 10 years, it always does. Yeah. And I'm, I think the most interesting, interesting is might not be the right word for it, but if IKF struggles and they don't know what's going on at shortstop, what do they do there? Do they try and go find a shortstop? Do they call someone up? Do they move Glaber back over there temporarily? Because that's, I think the, the, that shortstop is the position that changes it all. Agreed. And so far he has not looked great there. Um, so I would think they would call somebody up. Honestly, I think that would be their first move to call up Peraza possibly and see what happens. And I think so too, just because it was made such a big deal that Glaber's not a shortstop mm-hmm. anymore than to move him back there. And he didn't use him season. there last night. So that's different, though. You know, moving moving Glaber over late in the game because you you pinch hit or pinch ran is different than he's going to start there five out of seven days. No, I mean he didn't start him there last night. Didn't start him there. Correct. He yeah. did not start him there. No, he used yeah. Marwin Gonzalez. Gonzalez which did. He needed to get Marwin in. Yes, but they very could easily could have slid Glaber over there for the night, and they're making a point not to. So, which I'm okay with. If if it gets Glaber's head right, that's the best team. That's the best thing for this team. I'd like to see a swing right more than his head. His head is fine. It's a swing that I think needs to be. Great. I don't know. I've long thought that he he gets in his own head. Obviously, this is just someone watching the games, but I see him, you know, make some lapses, especially last year in the field, that I thought he maybe got down on himself instead of just letting his talent play. I think so. I, you know what? I mean, I had some talks with him this spring that I just really think his head is fine. I mean, I really, he's really kind of fine with everything that's happened. And he's 25 years old. <laughs> so he seems to be dealing with it pretty well. Right. That's the thing that people forget. It's like Judge was 25 when he got called up. And and Glaber's already been in the league a bunch of years and he's 25. He was one of the he was one of the prospects that comes up at their early twenties, which, you know, was with the, the players like Juan Soto and stuff. Whereas Judge was the prospect that took a lot longer to come along. Well, he was a college guy too. College guy too, yeah. Um all right, Christy. Well, I, I definitely appreciate the time. Is there is there anything else you think we should we should know about this team four games in? I don't know about this team four games in. I, know. I, I mean, I just I I guess I'm I'm fascinated by how the offense will will play out. I mean, yes, it's four games, but you know, if you look at their rankings, they're already in the middle of the pack. They should be a team that you would see at the top of the rankings. So let's you know they made a big deal about making changes there let's see how that goes all right thank you so much for the time make sure to go check out christy on twitter and and follow along with all of her articles in the new york daily news thanks again for coming on christy thanks for having me hey guys thanks for listening to the bronx pinstripe show make sure you find us on itunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone if you do like the show We'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. 
Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.